I'm Brittany Hardin-Tangway, a manager with KPMG, and I am fascinated by the practice of transfer pricing and its impact on the global market. Join me each episode as I explore the transfer pricing world with specialists who will explain the ins and outs of this niche practice where tax meets economics. 2023 has been a wild ride in the wonderful world of transfer pricing. We have covered so many topics over the course of the past year from OECD Pillar 1's Amount B to Brazil adopting the OECD guidelines and the inevitable coming of public country-by-country reporting. Needless to say, we have a lot to cover and we want to wrap up this year in style and understand what we need to know going into the future. I've got with me today Jesse Coleman, a principal in our Washington National Tax Practice for Economic Valuation Services Transfer Pricing based out of D.C. Thank you so much, Jesse, for being here. Glad to be here. I'm glad to wrap it up (laughs) and think about going forward, which is even more fun than wrapping it up. Absolutely. While we have talked about a lot of this so far, It'd be great to just run through at a high level to appreciate where we've come, what's happened, and talk about what we should do going into the next year. Let's get at it. The number of times I have said amount B this year has reached an all-time high. (laughs) Jesse, will you sum up one sentence what amount B is? It's part of the sometimes forgotten part of Pillar 1, and it's the inclusive framework's intent to simplify transfer pricing for routine distribution and marketing companies. So really focus on wholesale distributors. So pretty exciting in the world of transfer pricing. Pretty exciting because it gets at what a lot of us experience, a pretty routine activity. We're talking about tangible goods and trying to find a way to simplify the testing and the administration of that around the world, setting some accepted standards. But it's proven to be more difficult because there's a lot of nuance those of us that work in this space have appreciated, but in order to find some common ground, it's taken us a while to get there and we're still searching for that. The OECD and inclusive framework have made a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. We saw a very advanced discussion draft for public comments in July, and it was so advanced that it had a global pricing matrix that told companies, if you are in this industry, look at your operating expense and your operating asset intensity, and here is what your return on sales should be if you're in scope. And it's sort of like Pandora's box. Once this has gotten out there, it is going to become a point of reference. We understand that amount B and some of this guidance could be included in the next version of the OECD guidelines that could be released as soon as early 2024. But regardless of whether or not your distribution entities are qualified or in scope, this is something that we anticipate tax authorities referencing as a data point when they're evaluating. I'm a taxing authority and I've got a limited risk distributor in my jurisdiction. I think the natural inclination would be to look at this global pricing matrix. It's interesting you said we could expect this being put in the guidelines quickly. The OECD's July statement said some of the contents of Amount B we could see as early as January of 2024. With this in mind, what should taxpayers be doing to prepare? First thing is to look at your business and figure if you have in-scope entities. One misconception here is that this is not Amount A. This has no size threshold. So this applies to all companies. 
seeing if you have operations that look similar to a distributor, maybe treat them like a distributor. I would look at what your transfer pricing has historically been. Look at that pricing matrix and see where you are in the pricing matrix. And if that makes sense, another key aspect here is companies are going to need to target a relatively narrow range. If you're struggling hitting a larger range, now would be a good time to look at your operational transfer pricing and see if there are things you can do to make that easier. It's like landing a plane on an aircraft carrier. If you're used to having a lot of runway, you need to get comfortable and really skilled and highly tuned and technical to be able to meet those margins. I love that. I completely agree. Something that we don't talk enough about is pillar two. Part of what we're seeing is country by country reporting. We haven't talked about it that much because it's essentially a minimum tax. It's a coordinated set of rules that will tax almost all multinationals at kind of a 15% tax rate. What's interesting here is that we see a lot of countries are adopting pillar two starting in 2024. So just right around the corner. And for many companies, there might be a cash tax impact. Even for those that don't have a cash tax impact, it is just a tremendous compliance exercise. And the OECD have offered up a temporary country-by-country reporting safe harbor for the first couple of years, which relies largely on your country-by-country report. Now that this country-by-country reporting data is available, it's being considered as a tool to be able to evaluate whether or not these Pillar 2 considerations, are you meeting that effective minimum tax globally? There's still a lot to figure out here. You need to have a qualified country-by-country report Hmm. to use it for the safe harbor. We're still waiting on some guidance about what is a qualified country-by-country report. We're moments away from the implementation of Pillar 2, and there's still some questions that companies have. So it should be an interesting couple of months. The EU several years ago passed a directive that required a form, we'll say, of public by country reporting, but they didn't require it till 2025. So then 2026, you would expect to see the first public country by country reporting. But what we've seen is that there's growing sentiment around the world for greater tax transparency and how public country by country plays into that. I don't think we'll know the full picture yet. Australia is also imposing country by country reporting to more or less what the EU is asking for and on the same timetable. We say EU, Australia, public by country reporting, but U.S. companies are going to be required to do it. Ideally, your country-by-country reporting is consistent globally. That's the whole point of this. Another thing to take away from this is even if your country-by-country report goes public, that alone doesn't tell your whole tax story. The tax impact and imprint that a multinational can have goes beyond. There's customs taxes, payroll taxes, and carbon taxes being paid. So is now the time to start internally at some of these multinationals to start collecting these other parts of the puzzle so then you're able to tell the full story? Absolutely. Now is the time. The general public just doesn't appreciate all the taxes that companies pay. And I think this can be really impactful and helpful. We've been working with some companies And it is a lot easier for them to identify corporate income tax than the other types of taxes. Now's a good time, especially if you're revamping your systems, to see if you can pull out these various other types of taxes. It would be really helpful. 
Brazil. We've talked a lot about this, but we cannot have a year-end wrap-up without mentioning it's happening. Brazil is adopting the OECD guidelines. Fill us in on some of the details, Jesse, about timing and when people should be thinking about what they can be doing and the opportunities that are being created. We officially, in a final signed bill, we have also started seeing final regulations in Brazil. Not all of it, just the first part of the final regulations. Things are moving along there. High level companies with operate in Brazil have the option to elect in 2023. So go all the way back to January. They can elect to adopt into these new rules, which are pretty much aligned with the OECD standards. Or alternatively, they can wait till January 1st, 2024, when it will be mandatory. Not a lot of time, but I think now is a great time for companies to take a step back and take stock about the functions, access, and risks of their Brazil operations and consider, A, do they want to do any restructurings before the end of the year? Or B, what would the potential transfer pricing models look like under the arm's length standard? And what is interwoven here is that Brazil has this rather complicated other tax system, indirect taxes and withholding taxes. So it's not as simple as, oh, okay, now let's fold in your new Brazilian operations into the global tax structure. Another hot topic that has come up, we've gone on a great journey with our industry series from automotive to retail, evolving business models. We're seeing this trend towards digitalization. It's changing the way we work. It's changing the way we live. It's changing the way that we value things. Data is its own value driver. It's its own currency now. And this uptick in use of artificial intelligence and new technologies, anytime we see a shift in these value drivers and business models, there's opportunities and risks abounding. This is a good opportunity to just reiterate the point that ensuring intercompany transaction flows and transfer pricing structures of your multinational are, in fact, keeping up with the rest of it. So tax departments, make sure you're staying friendly with your business and don't let things take off so that there's too much of a disconnect between the two. A great point, Brittany. It's interesting how the industry has been evolving and how companies underlying in that industry are evolving with it. And I think that was a common theme throughout all the industries. And we don't expect it to slow down. It's just going to continue to change. Which makes what we do so fun. Exactly. But it is uncertain. And that's another one of our hot topics for the year. Ongoing concerns about economic uncertainty. I don't know how many more global economic events we can have, but this inevitably impacts our business and our economy. If you have any unexpected slowdowns, what do you recommend, Jesse, for our multinational listeners? It's hard to know where the economy is going these days. Things look rosy one day and the next day, the outlook looks a lot less certain. Working with your business and your FP&A team to understand the impact of some of these macroeconomic shocks. If it's going to be a rough year and you're going to see overall losses, take a step back to think about it from a system operating profit level and to think about who is going to bear those losses. And does that make sense? Yeah, all you can say is just a general observation of when things are lean, people get more scrappy. When resources are strapped, tax authorities, they're expecting certain returns in order to maintain their operations <laughs> within society. They heavily rely on our multinational enterprises to be able to pay their respective income and corporate taxes. 
if you're expecting transfer pricing is a place where it sometimes feels like it's reactionary to the larger economic implications, but it is a place where you can attract more controversy if you don't get it right or if you're doing something that's different than expected or different from what you've done in the past. And just making sure that you have good support and explanation and understanding of what that is, which leads into our next big topic of transfer pricing controversy preparedness. High level, we see increased audit activity, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S., And we all know the IRS is bolstering its staff. We can probably expect more audit activity in the U.S. as well. There's a couple of things that we're suggesting to folks in terms of controversy preparedness. Getting back to the good old compliance transfer pricing documentation. Sometimes transfer pricing documentation is just repeated year after year. For higher risk transactions, now would be a really good time to dust off those reports and make sure that it all makes sense. We are seeing the IRS repeatedly talk about how they plan on issuing penalties for transfer pricing documentation. That also speaks to bolstering up of that documentation. Look at where you see audits and controversies. If that transaction is with a jurisdiction, with which there is a treaty, strongly consider APAs going forward. Or perhaps the other way, if you already have the assessment, is MAP a good way to go back and resolve it? So think more proactively about getting the certainty now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the storm is coming. Be prepared. There's no shame in having a weak spot, but just know where they are and be prepared to be able to support that. And on that note, last point, capital markets and sustained higher interest rates. Does this mean we should expect a bumpy ride for financial transactions going forward? It's interesting because it's sustained higher interest rates. We are seeing a lot of audit activity on financial transactions. We're seeing it in the U.S. We're seeing a lot outside the U.S. and specifically focused on Chapter 10 of the OECD guidelines. A lot of questions about looking at both sides of those financial transactions and seeing if they make sense. Financial transactions are tricky. They often require a lot of specialized expertise. So it makes those audits even more difficult. So you're explaining a relatively complicated topic, sometimes to taxing authorities that don't deal with it on a regular basis. It's complicated. It takes time to understand and learn. We have specialists within that focus in on this. So to expect a tax authority to have the same level of expertise is maybe not fair. The OECD Chapter 10 Guidance on Financial Transactions has been adopted. We spoke with Jaap and Janneke earlier about this from KPMG Netherlands. So our Dutch firm has gotten to share with us on the podcast over the past year what that adoption process and what that has looked like for them. So a lot of great things. I'm excited about next year to see how some of these things play out. And I think we'll have even more to talk about. Absolutely. It's never a dull moment. I do think things have settled down enough that we can take a step back and think proactively going forward. What makes our job so fun is that things are always evolving and things are always changing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate you being a part of this and happy to wrap up the year with you. Glad to be wrapped up. Thanks for joining me on this adventure in transfer pricing. See you next time. And special thanks to Seth Salinger from the Minneapolis office with KPMG US who helped make this episode possible.